Okay, there we go. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to Coffee Time with Coach. It's your boy, Coach Ja in the building. Welcome to my page. Welcome to my show. Welcome to this morning. If you are here, you should be celebrating that you are here with us because everybody don't get that. And because you've been blessed with it, you are supposed to be amazing. You don't have a choice in that matter because guess what? Nobody in this world can be you and you can't be nobody but the fabulous you that you are. So welcome to the world of Fabuloso. Um, tuning in on IG, Facebook, YouTube, and on the Roku channel. So thank y'all for tuning in. I am really excited about today because I get to see my sister that I haven't seen in years. And she's probably one of the most supportive people I've ever met in my life. And it's an honor to have her here. Um, I want to first say that today is Veterans Day, so salute to the vets, those who have given their time, their sacrifice, their energies, and some their ultimate price, given their lives for us to live here in this place that we call home with blankets and warmth and security that they protect and they hold up. I um, want to send a special shout out. Today is my grandfather, Mr. Clyde's birthday, who is now in heaven. Um, Grandpa... I love you. I salute you. Um, I'm going to give a shout out. He was also a um, veteran. My uncle Phil, who, you know, you're not supposed to have favorites, but he was like my favorite uncle. Good morning, Kendra. My uncle Phil, aka Lord Rocky, he is actually, I wrote my second book and um, I was releasing it right before. Um, I was trying to make it to New York so he can see the book um, before I um, actually set it out to publish and he, and he passed and I bought the book back and I put in the forward in the beginning for him. And then my uncle Karu, um, Robert Small, who has always been a hell of a pillar in my family. I want to salute them um, on this day for veterans. Thank you all for tuning in. And um, yeah, we just going to jump right in because my peoples is here and I'm happy she's here. So let me bring up my sister, Melissa. What's good, mama? You're on mute. Take your mute off. I forgot all about that already. All good morning. Good. Listen, I got you here. That's all that matters. Anything you forgot, we make up for. Absolutely. <laughs> How are you I doing today? You. I'm good. I'm really good. And I really appreciate you having me on. I've been watching this. Um, I just think it's so amazing what you're doing. It's it's unique. It's it's unique because all the ones that I've watched have been poets, but poetry is like not even what you're talking about. You're getting to know them. You're getting to know what they believe in, what they think, you know, what they enjoy. And that's not something that we get a lot as artists. You know, we get give me a poem, give me a poem, sis, give me a poem. So it's nice to have somebody that is um, interested in who we are. So thank you for that. Yes. Uh, I want to say um, thank you for being here. But here's, here's, here's what my whole deal was. I've been interviewed so many times. I've been on podcasts and shows and media, and I never get to talk about what I want to talk about. <laughs> right? So I was yeah. like, how do, because I started on IG Live, and I said, how do I give poets, and I have some business people coming in too. I have some, um, I'm, I'm trying to get some financial folks to help teach us about finances okay. in a language that we could understand, right? Because mm -hmm. we'll be understanding all those big institutions um, finance institution words. I don't want to hear those phrases. Tell me, take five dollars, put it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's what I'm trying to get yeah. to. But all of these interviews, and we never get to just you know talk about mm -hmm. that we go for walks in the morning and 
I drink three cups of coffee and you know what I'm saying? Like we don't get to talk about that. So I'm saying to myself, why not bring some, because I always talk about me, right? But why not bring some folks that I love and have a lot of respect for? Why not bring them on? And we just talk about life. I always have a few questions, but if I don't get to them, that means that then the vibe is going exactly where it need to be because we get to talk about what we talk about. And that is you. So with that being said, tell the people who you are, where you're from, what you do, what you ate for dinner last night. Just let us <laughs> tell us about you. Okay, that that's such an open question, John. Like, okay, so I, I, it's really hard for me to say who I am because I tend to um, focus on like what I do as who I am, and it's really not who I am. So um, I guess I'll start with what I'm familiar with, which is what I do. I'm Melissa. Um, I am 49 years old, and I was born in a very small country town called Spotsylvania, Virginia. Um, not Transylvania, because I know that's what everybody thinks. <laughs> Spotsylvania. It is actually midway between two very important and big cities, which is Washington, D.C. and Richmond, Virginia. So I am smack dab in the middle of those two cities, 50 miles on either side. Um, and we're a part of what's considered the DMV, DC, Maryland, and Virginia. So it's sort of Northern Virginia, even though um, a lot of people think, you know, Virginia is the South. I think I've had just as much Northern influence in my life as Southern. Um, so I love it. I miss it greatly. I currently live in South Carolina. So I've been here for about 20 years. Um, and it was here that I was introduced to performance poetry. I had been writing poetry since school, but South Carolina was the first place I ever touched a mic. Um, it's the first place that I started to crochet and do some of the other things that I'm interested in. Um, I'm very much um, an activist, um, more so I can be honest these days, more so on social media than actually in person because I've been dealing with my own stuff. Um, but of course, Black Lives Matter, of course, um, body positivity is really big for me. Um, speaking up about injustice and these um, things, I do that both through my work and through my posts and through everything else. So, yeah. Uh, I met you probably, what? Five it's years been, ago. Yeah, it's been about right. that, which is way too long, by the way. <laughs> way too long. But there was an energy that you brought to my venue that was amazing. And and you know, everybody brings their own energy. And you know, I, I always encourage all my my poets that, that that come through that I love and even those that I just mean encourage them to, you know, just be who you are, right? But you came in the door because I had not seen you before, right? right. I, on Facebook, and you came in the door and you commanded such a presence. And I was like, wow. Like, she actually, some people actually, like, they float when they come into a space. And you kind of floated into the space. And I'm just watching. And then when you came with your famous joke, that was hilarious. I'll never forget your famous <laughs> joke. I'm not going to say it. If you say it, then you remember. I, I, will, say it. I will say it. Um, <laughs> so thank you for that, first of all. Um, I tend to feel most at ease in spaces um, that make me feel at ease, brother. And yours did that. Like, so when I came there, I had never been to Charlotte first, had never performed in Charlotte. And you were the only person I knew in the room. And we had never met face to face. But when I walked in, I felt like I had been there before. I felt like I had known you 
forever. The the hug I got, the greeting I got, like it was just love. And that whole venue felt like that. The crowd, it was a, if I'm not mistaken, job was like a Tuesday night. Tuesday night. And every it was packed, like on a Tuesday night. And so yeah. I was really blown away by that because that's not the norm for poetry. Um, and although I walked in that room a stranger, I left that room with several friends that night um, that I'm still connected with today. So, you know, big ups to you for having that kind of an of a venue and that kind of an event. Um, but the joke for everybody that's waiting. <laughs> so I, I, I was, I guess some people say blessed. Some days it feels like a curse, um, but I got my mama's big old booty. And when I say big old booty, especially back then when I was a lot heavier, that thing was big, big. So every time I enter a space, like that's where people's eyes would go immediately. Um, and while it was annoying as crap, it was understandable because I, I can't really explain it because if you haven't, if you hadn't seen it back then, it's it's still here, but it's smaller because I've been doing a lot of work. Um, but if you hadn't, like, I can't explain it, it just, it was its own entity. And so I would start off some sets with, I would turn around my back to the crowd so they could just get a good look at it. And I would say, okay, now that we've dealt with that, can we just get to the damn poetry? And that's what we would do. And I, I still do that sometimes, even though I haven't performed in a long time, um, just to break the ice so that people don't feel uncomfortable that they're staring at it, because I get that. I used to get that a lot. Um, I could tell they they wanted to look, but they didn't want to be caught looking. At, you know, it, it's okay. Look, get get your fill. Now let's get to the damn poetry. <laughs> Yeah. I, I was so like you said, we we had not met, right? So yeah. I, I did not see you perform. And I one thing that I, I my brother and I pride ourselves in was allowing people to um who have not been in that space. I featured I featured more poets from Charlotte for the first time than any venue here. Wow, I believe um, it. And 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 I wanted poets to be in singers, musicians, whoever came in. I wanted them to be comfortable. I wanted them to feel like home. Um, this comedian, Deacon Dean, came to my open mic. He was like, yo, I, I do this comedy for my 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 my, uh, my barbecues for my family, but, you know, I'm really nervous, man. And we had a little conversation. Deacon Dean probably still on, on, on going now. And he always said, you know what? Y'all made me feel like I was home. So the stage became a home. And I think that was one of the things that I really enjoyed. Because I had, let me see, Blues and In So Many Words was my first host when I first opened up. Mm -hmm. um, I had Nuff Said, and then I had JC. And that's wow. all in the year. Yeah. After my first year, I was on my own. I just, you know, went and I never wanted to be a host. Um, in fact, I didn't perform all the time. Because I wanted to really get into the business parts of what I was wanting to do because I had bigger dreams for it. Gotcha. And I'm going to say this to people now. Listen carefully. Just designate jobs to people who do those jobs because wearing too many hats, you can move, but there's a discipline in that that everybody can't have. I'm grateful that I was able to move forward with some things. And I learned some other things, but it was a ride. But at the end of the day, when I go back and I talk to people like you and other poets who have come through, 
and they say, you know what? I miss Agor Tuesdays. That is a reward for me. And, and I will say, y'all, that not only did you make it um, the venue comfortable and feel like home, but I left there feeling like you were family, like real talk. And that's why I say brother all the time. Um, that's why I support you because you support me. And it, it I, I am, that's one of the things I'm most angry at Rona for, because like we were just talking about figuring out a way to get me back there and boom, here she come with her funky behind. So just know that whenever she goes about her business, we can get back to business because I would be honored to um, to step foot in anything that you are working on. Absolutely. Awesome. I, and I can't wait. I have some um, ideas of some things that um, I just found a partner of mine. He just found this open space that we may do um, the poetry festival in because it's huge. And I mean, when I tell you huge, we have to bring our own stage and everything, but it's looking like it's going to be a good go. And this should be um, um, National Poetry Month in April. For y'all that don't know, National Poetry Month is April. Um, I want to do, um, I, I think I'm going to try to do it towards the ending because I want to do something special, like bring your, um, um, you know, if I'm um, in the 30 for 30 competition, do the mm-hmm. I want to do like a, a slam with that, just a that fun slam with yeah. that. So I'm hoping that this, I hope Rona go about her damn business is what I'm talking <laughs> But I want to bring some of my favorites back. Um, and I'm hoping that that's going to be the ending portion of a Granny's Boys documentary that we're working on. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, because I have some folks I want to interview. Um, I hadn't even Rona fucked some shit up. I'm just gonna say she it, did. right? She so, did. But at, at the same time, had it not been for Rona, we might not be here in this in this. There you, in this go. There you so, go. I'm starting to accept the yeah. balance. But yeah, enough about me. Talk to me. Tell me, uh, what inspires you to write, and, and what's your favorite kind of poems to write? Like, tell us so, talk about that. Yeah, so I am absolutely um, a socially conscious poet. Mm-hmm. That's where my heart lies. I yeah. try to write everything though, because I don't want to be. I don't want to pigeonhole myself let alone put myself in a position where others pigeonhole me. But if I'm honest, like socially justice, socially aware poetry is what I'm best at, where I'm comfortable. Um, And for me, it is a matter of my passion meeting a purpose. Yeah. So it gives my work a purpose, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, not to downplay any other genre because all of it is art. Um, Mm -hmm. But for me, I feel like I make a difference when I speak out on injustice or body shaming or or any of that, or or even just touch on things that um, that, you know, that might affect someone. I've done poems on domestic violence, teenage pregnancy, um, my big old booty, because (laughs) Sarah Bartman is real. You know what I mean? So I have a Sarah Bartman poem. I I have poems where I encourage sisters not to. want the booty because it's not all they think it it's cracked up to be you know things like that so the messages to me are important and i can put messages in any genre absolutely but the socially conscious ones are are the ones that work for me as for the inspiration um i think i'm a little different from some poets in that i can't write when i'm feeling things deeply or heavily um i I just kind of get blocked and stopped up and I can't write. 
once I work my way through something or once I've at least wrapped my mind around it or kind of gotten a hold of the feelings, then I can write. So my inspiration kind of comes through um, that process, through the healing of things. And the healing could just be having a good cry over something that has happened. And then I feel like I can get the, you know, the words on paper. So that's kind of um, what's been an inspiration for me. Now, the, the truth is, is that I haven't written in a really long time, um, longer than I'm comfortable with. So that's okay. something that I'm trying to work my way back to. Um, that's something that I am, you know, I'm going through old poems. I have a really close friend who digs through my Facebook and finds some of my old poetry and drops it in my inbox. Like, don't forget who you are, um, which I think is amazing. Um, that same friend sent me a journal and some pens. And was yeah. like, to- so having people like you and like, you know, like those friends that kind of encourage me to keep at it is also inspiring for me. I um I'm gonna have to start just sending you some prompts. That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> that would work. That would work. Seriously, I wanted to like I I would love to do your workshop or or any workshop I can find. Um, you know, I was watching one, and I, and I have to shout this one out because it was Dasan. I mean, what is it? I can't. Why did he Dasan? Mm-hmm. Why did his last name escape me just now? But you did oh, the interview. Okay. There you go. You mm-hmm. did the interview with Dasan and. I want to say it was like the very ending. I, I listened to the whole thing, of course, and, and he's amazing. But there were things that he said at the end about when you see something in someone else that kind of gives you that twinge that it may not be because you're envious like you think it is. It may be your spirit telling you that you have gifts you're not using. Yeah. yeah. And then if that mess didn't hit home. That's when I hit you up, Ja, and was like, please have me home. Yeah. I'm ready because you would hit me up and I couldn't do it because of my schedule. And after watching that interview and being hit with it the way I was hit with it, I was like, maybe there's something I have that can hit somebody else um, and help them the way his hit me. So, Dasan, if you're watching, thank you, brother. It it did more than you probably expected it to do for me. I, I've, I've noticed. Um, I mean, you 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 in this poetry world, you, we hear all of the, the negative stuff. I don't think we do enough of the positive. Yeah. Um, I was having this conversation and it always goes back to, you know, slam poets and 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 the egos and all those things, but we don't do enough about what are the positive things that come from it. So I'm really grateful that you said that because I think, you know, we miss it. You know, we don't we don't get into the thing for well, I, I can't say we don't, because some people do get in it for egos, but for the most part, I don't think yeah. nobody sits down and writes initially writes a poem and says, hey. I'm going to write this because I want to have an ego trip. I don't think anybody does that. Yeah. Um, I believe people write poems so they can try to be better than somebody else if they're yeah. in that world. Right. But I think, you know, we're writing from a place to have a message. I think a lot of times our message does not, um, it, it gets missed because again, we don't get to do this. It's just the poem. Yeah. And however you get it, whatever you get from it, you walk with it unless you can meet me after a slam and have that conversation with me. Yep. I'm really glad that you said that because a lot of times I think that's one of the main things that we miss. Yeah. One of the main right. things that we miss. Dawn. Um, I'm sorry, you had a question or something? No, no, no. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Okay. I was going to say these days, like poetry kind of took a backseat for me because I've been on like such a whole other journey with my weight loss and um, yeah. with like trying to just get myself together 
health wise. Um, so I've lost 145 pounds. I had to have surgery. I had to have bariatric surgery for some health issues and the weight loss was a benefit. Um, but as a result, I've become a runner. Um, I'm kind of fitness obsessed. So poetry and crochet and all the other creative stuff was starting to take a back seat. And now that I'm feeling better and I'm, I'm in a healthier place, I'm yeah. damn near desperate to get back to those things. So you'll be seeing a lot more of me. But send me the prompts, please. I could use them. Oh, I got you on that. Um, do, do you want to talk about that journey? Like, you you know, what are you doing in the mornings? What does your mornings look like now? Because everything has um, changed. Yeah, everything is is certainly different. Now, my mornings have not changed because I'm not a morning person at all. <laughs> like you in this coffee, I, I can't do coffee, bro. Like I never could. I, I drink it when I'm cold only because it's and I used to drink it in the office. But now I work from home. So it's not an option. Tea I'll do every now and then. Um, but I sleep as long as I possibly can. So my mornings haven't changed. But my after work has changed every day after work. I lace up. I go out. If I don't run, I walk. Um, I do at least one 5K a week. Wow. So these days, um, the 5Ks, because of Corona, they're not done the same way. They have what they call virtual 5Ks. Mm -hmm. So essentially, you have to have like a tracking app or something on your phone to track your miles, uh, a GPS or something. And you go out and get those miles wherever you get them. So it's not like before where you would meet at a designated spot, run a designated route. You just do them wherever you choose to do them. So I do them right here around my apartment. Like I just walk the, the sidewalks or run um, or somewhere in my area. But I do at least one a week, um, usually on Saturdays. So my what has changed mostly for me, though, is um, my eating, of course. Um, I, I've cut out the junk. I've cut out the sodas. I can't have any of that anyway because it makes my, you know, irritates me. So um, that that has been the biggest change in terms of getting the weight off and kind of keeping the weight off. But when I tell you, Jod, that the benefits from the journey for me um, haven't just been like the weight, it's been the mental stuff I've had to do to, mm -hmm. to figure out why I, I got to that size in the first place. I, I was originally 379 pounds. Really? Yeah. And um, when, I, when I saw you, I think I was probably around 340, somewhere wow. in there. No, now, no. yeah, I, I'm. I was solid, so it it didn't show like it, you know, does in some people. Um, but I've lost 145, and the biggest thing I'm learning, um, for me was was the transparency is actually inspiring other people. That's it, and that's something I didn't anticipate. Um, I've been very upfront about having the surgery. I've documented every bit of it, the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, I talk to people about the struggles all on my Facebook page because um, the one thing I did not want to do was hide it or lie about it and then, you know, have have to continue that lie or keep prepared. Like I wasn't ashamed. It was something I had to do or I was, you know, close to death. So um, the love I've gotten, though, man, like I didn't expect that. I was actually afraid to post about it because I thought people were going to judge me negatively. But the opposite happened. Like people are coming out of the woodworks to show me love. And I've had women, um, mostly women, there's actually even been a couple of males who have hit me up and said, I'm going to have the surgery. Or, 
you're making me consider the surgery. Right now, to date, there are seven people that I know of in the last year who had been balking against the surgery, knew that they needed, didn't want to have it because they were either afraid or they were hearing negative things about it, who've had the surgery and are doing really well, um, and who credit me. And I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying that to say when you're authentic, you never know whose life you will touch and in what way. And that is what this weight loss has taught me, which is something I didn't do before. Because for as easy as it looked for me to stand on that stage and turn my back to the crowd and say, take a look, it's never been easy. It was never easy. I was never authentic. Thank you so much, Mr. Carr. I appreciate that. Um, I was never authentic in owning my body and loving myself. And so thank you, Don. Um, Don said your transparency has helped so many, including myself. Um, and and Dawn, although she hasn't had the surgery and isn't considering it that I know of, has just been very supportive in mm-hmm. how she has, you know, had my back. So that's the thing I really wanted to talk about when we talk about this journey. It's not the number. It's not the loss of the weight. The health is great. You know, being able to tie my shoe, being able to cross my legs, things I've never been able to do comfortably as an adult um, are now very easy and second nature. So I love those things. But more so, I love the fact that I trusted the universe to be myself. And by yeah. being myself and being honest about who and what I am, the universe gave it back to me tenfold. Like the love I get on a daily blows me away. There have been days I have cried because people have been so kind. Mm. How rare is that? Normally people are crying because folks are mean and not in my life, not in my world. And I credit that to being authentic. So I think that's the biggest lesson that I've taken from the weight loss journey. Yeah. Wow. I, when I see your post about the walks and all those things, if I didn't see it, I'd go looking for it because I knew it was up there somewhere. (laughs) And I just feel like, you know, in in our busy day, like I'm saying, we, we always miss we got to reward those people who are doing things that a lot of people are afraid of or just don't know how, yeah. right? It's easy to say, yo, look, I, I, I came out seven years ago and I opened up a spot, I rented a spot, and I started open mic spot. But somebody doesn't know how to do that. And it may right. seem so to me, right? So here you are. Listen, I got some stuff that I want to do with my health, with my body. I'm going to do this major thing. And some people have heard of it. They've seen videos, they've seen commercials, but they never even knew how to make a phone call and say, hey, what yeah. do I do? So to do that is like, that's like a godsend. That's like, you know what I mean? Like, we yeah. it's a message in the bottle, but if there's no bottle, damn it, you won't ever get the message. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. In the bottle. That is so inspiring. Thank you. Is- Thank you. I, I just wanted, um, and, and I'll be honest, like, I see a lot of people that I know for a fact had that surgery or a version of that surgery um, who who have not said that they've had the surgery. Now, I want to be very clear. That is everybody's right. They don't have to tell us anything. Where it gets murky, though, Jaws, when they're out there pretending they are like workout gurus and giving advice and 
tips and you're not being honest about the fact that you had a real big helping hand. Yeah. Yeah. In getting yeah. that weight off. So portraying yourself as now this fitness queen or this, you know, meal prep queen, like it, it's a little disingenuous. And I yeah. didn't want to be that person. I, I'm a date myself here a little bit, but I don't know if you guys remember Star Jones, yeah. the TV personality. She had yeah. the surgery. She wouldn't admit it. She went on TV acting like she was the fitness queen. And it came out later and she caught a lot of backlash. And that yeah. stuck with me forever. And I was like, I will not be that person. I will yeah. be, I will be genuine and authentic and and take the good with the bad. I there I'm sure there are people out there right now who still think it was the easy way out. I dare them to join me on a 5K at 330 pounds, which is what I was when I started running. I dare them. Um, I dare them to have to cut out all the stuff I had to cut out on shield we're you know willpower alone. Um, so it, it's not easy, but it's easier than potentially losing my esophagus, which is what I was dealing with. Um, wow. Yeah, I had a hernia that was causing acid reflux so bad that my uh, esophagus had begun. Say again. Glitching. Can you hear me? Okay, you're back now. You're back now. Okay. Um, I had a, a hernia that caused acid reflux so bad that it was starting to erode my esophagus. Wow. And as a poet, yeah, nah. <laughs> nah. nah, whatever I need to do, I will do. So that's what I, you know, that's why I ended up doing it. Um, but at the end of the day, the why wasn't so as important as just the journey and being honest about it and the fact that it can help people has been um, a bonus and has helped to keep me on track. Yeah. Because there's a lot of days I don't feel like going out there and running or walking or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. But to date, I have done 18 5Ks since July. At one point, I went. And <laughs> it's, you know, it's not as hard as it's three miles. It's just three miles. That's it. So, yeah, we, we and, but when I started, like I'll tell anybody, because a lot of people ask me, how did I get started? I used a program called um, Couch to 5K, C25K. And it starts you off where you, you run for 60 seconds, you walk for 90, you run for 60. You, you know, so when I first started, I couldn't run, you know, a full two minutes without feeling like I was going to pass out. And now I can run three miles. So um, you just start. You just start. I'm just like almost got sweat on my back right now. I'm just, I'm so proud of you. Thank and I'm so happy for you. Like you. you hear people say, you hear celebrities, right? You don't hear people that might live next door to you, right? You hear about all the stuff that you want to put in the news and on TV, but you don't hear people that you actually have a genuine love or connection with. Yeah. Hey, I did this, this really, really difficult thing. And I've hold, I changed my whole. Do you know how many people would love to say, "Hey, I did a five one five k." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Man, it was it was a dream of mine for a lot of years. Um, and and to, I had tried it. I had started it. I stopped um, the five two C to five k program. Didn't finish it. Did it and finished it and still didn't do a five k. Um, mm. And so when I started dropping the weight, I said that's going to be the one goal I accomplished because I've had it now for my sister is a breast cancer survivor. And I wanted to do the Susan G. Coleman 5k in her honor. Yeah. And 
That was years ago when she was first diagnosed. She has beaten it. She's been um, a survivor now, I want to say for five to seven years, somewhere in there. Um, so to be able to, in October, which was Breast Cancer Awareness Month, I did one for her. And to be able to do that after all these years. Um, yeah. So so I guess that there's, you know, it's funny because hearing my own story, like some of the lessons in that are, are just hitting me. But like, don't give up on your dreams. Don't give up on your goal. Yeah. It might not happen right when you think it's going to or you want it to. Mine took seven years, seven or eight wow. years. But I did it. And you can too. Everybody can. We just got to stick with it. Let me ask you this. Have you written down your journey um, just with from the beginning, the moment you said, I'm doing this? Have you written it down? No, I started right. I tried. I'm I'm not consistent, y'all. That's my problem. Consistency, at least, like I have so many journals that you would probably be like, because <laughs> you don't use. <laughs> I probably have about ten to fifteen, like purely clean, or with one entry where I said, "Okay, this is it. I'm gonna do it." I don't stick to it. Um, but. That was one of the reasons I started posting um, the hashtag that I use for my journey is bariatric bypass business. Um, okay. And I, the bees, the poetry thing. But I started doing that because I have not been, that I don't journal, but I Facebook my ass off. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so I was like, at least let me. Like, that's why another reason I started documenting it that way, yeah. uh, my running and my, but I have not. And I want to, because, um, man, I, I've been accused now of giving up on being big, you know, that, that, that silly thing, um, that, that I was fake when I was preaching body positivity. Um, I, I've, I've had all of that come up. I don't respond to most of it, but I would like to put that to paper because I do think that that's um, foolishness that needs to be addressed. Yeah. Um, I want to share this with you. I was, and this, and, and people going to laugh at me or probably be like, really, Ja? I was asked for a bio that I didn't have. I was asked for a, a resume that I did not have. And I had to literally sit and try to remember everything right yeah and then in when i began writing it and i realized i did this but in doing this i did this or i accomplished that and i cried my eyeballs out and i'm saying that i want you to have that cry okay i want you to write down i don't care if it takes you two months to write it all down write down every accomplishment within that from the accomplished, first of all, the bravery, right? Yeah. In that moment, I was brave enough to say, regardless of what the naysayers say, right? Regardless of all the stuff, I was brave enough to say that I choose me. Ooh, you will make me cry now. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna tell you, I, I, I'm, I'm crying. I cannot tell you what it felt like to read all that I've done not even realizing I've done it because all I did was make a decision. You made a decision. Yeah. And from your decision, and you said it when you came on, you chose you from your decision. When you start to write that down, I know you're going to call me. You're not going to text me. You're, uh-uh, bro. 
answer this damn phone. I, I need to talk to you. Why you I'm looking forward to that then. I, I, that, that, that absolutely sounds powerful and I can imagine how it would be. Um, oh Lord, okay, that comment just kind of threw me for a loop because that's from Jamal St. John. Mm -hmm. um, who I have repeatedly stated is my absolute favorite poet in the world. And I'm going to tell y'all why. Ooh, Lord. Okay. So <laughs> Jamal, has a, Jamal has a poem called okay. 10 Things I'd Like to Say to a Thick Woman. Ooh. And I wish I had it with me because I, I don't. But I ooh, that poem saved my life. And mm. I, I have told him that because the poem celebrates plus size women yes. and speaks to us and about us in a way that I had never, ever heard. Um, and so I used to just make him like any show I went to, can you please do 10 things? Can you please do 10 things? Can you please do 10 things? And then I actually printed out 10 things and taped it to my computer at work. Oh my gosh. Wow. Kendra. Thank you, Kendra. I choose me. I love that. Um, but yeah, so thank you, Jamal. That that means a lot to me. Um, Jamal is one of those people that pushes me to write, okay. even though I, I I haven't written anything yet. He is one of those people as well that pushes me to do so um, because he tells me my voice is necessary, and I appreciate that from him. Um, and I promise you, I'm, I'm working on it, brother. That that's gonna happen. Um, but it's that kind of support. I love yeah. that. See, yeah. Michael Ashwood. See, that's that's the. I love that. <laughs> I love that, right? So, so Jamal, make sure you follow me, bro, because we need to talk, okay? Yes. Yeah, I would, I would definitely suggest that. I think this would be a, a great platform for Jamal as well. Um, but it's, it's. Um, I, I agree with you that writing it down is, is necessary because I, I've, I've spoken about the fact that as much as we all like to focus on the scale, it's not about that number. The number looks great, and sometimes it feels good to know, hey, I hit a certain milestone. Um, but as I've stated, it for me is about tying my shoe. It for me is about being able to cross my legs. Um, yeah. It for me was, I'll tell everybody, my car is my favorite place in the world. Um, I love to drive. I love to go for long drives to clear my head, listen to music. Um, I used to have to always have my seat all the way back, all the way down. Um, because I couldn't fit otherwise. Mm. And if y'all could see the squeal that I do every time I have to adjust my seat a little bit closer because I can't reach the pedals anymore because I'm not that big girl that takes up all the space. Oh, wow. um, I can actually adjust my, I can fasten my seatbelt without having to yank it all the way first and then close, like those things, man. Um, those joys are the things that, you know, being able to to walk a long distance without my back hurting. Um, and, and one of my biggest is I have two godsons who are my world. I have three, but one is 16 and doesn't think he needs me anymore. What does he know? Um, the other two are seven and 10. Um, and so right after I'd had surgery, they asked me to take them to a school event. Mm -hmm. And I was able to sit on the floor you know, crisscross applesauce with them. I was able to walk a trail through the woods with them. That kind of stuff is, yeah, I I think, yeah that's the stuff I think I need to, um, to write. 
you're, yeah. you're absolutely right because I forget about that stuff. And I, I too focus on um, the number too much sometimes. Or, you know, if I make a bad decision on something I choose to eat, then I'm still in that headspace where I'm afraid of, you know, gaining weight back. So, yeah, there's a lot more mental work to be done, but focusing on all of the benefits. Okay, John, you got me. I, I, I will. I will write. <laughs> I will write. Absolutely will. Deb is. I'm telling you, when you begin to write about that, you're going to find some things that's going to open you up um, to a, a, a new version of you that's here that you just haven't kissed on the cheek yet. Just haven't loved yet. And, and the softest of that is going to take you to a place. And I'm telling you because I, my writing changed at, right after I wrote out all the stuff that I've done. My writing changed instantly. And I'm like, wow, how did that even happen? Yeah. In fact, I'm not even sure what caused that transition, but it's a real thing. And I didn't know it until afterwards. And I realized, wait a minute, look at this date that I did this, started this poem, what has followed. And then look what I did that same night, that night before. And I'm telling you, I'm okay. telling you. I'm in. I bite. I'm in. I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm gonna do it. And it'll probably spark my pen again, which is what I need more than anything. So yeah. And like I said, just yo, I need a prompt real quick. I throw something out there. I got you. There ain't no thing I got you. I love it. I <laughs> how many people actually text me, y'all. Can you just send me a prompt? Just anything. Just make up something. I just need to write. And I had to go on my mind and find something. And I throw some weird shit out just to see if they're gonna write to it. And <laughs> they may not finish that poem, but it makes them think. To yeah, but they haven't been thinking, so they're able to write differently. Um, in fact, that's what I do at my workshops. I make sure people are writing stuff that they'd be like, Man, how am I supposed to do that? <laughs> if you're in a workshop and you can stay right here in this workshop, I'm not saying it's a bad workshop, it's just not for you in that moment. Yeah, yeah. Workshops take you from this lane down that fork in the road. Gotcha. And on that fork in the road, you come to the connection happens when you try to bear bear back to where you where you normally at, and that's how I tell people when they come to us. I want to take you on that fork in the road, so you can bring your ass back. But now it's a roadmap. Yeah, and you've seen some that. different things. Yeah, you've seen some different things. Yeah, I don't like to lose people. I like to make workshops simple, but 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 you're gonna have to pay attention and you're gonna have to be willing to do the work. So I, I absolutely. Yeah. See, that's that's another thing I need Rona to leave for because I've never done a workshop. Um oh. and it's it's very interesting. Um I was actually the way I began writing or at least performing, like I wrote in high school and then life got in the way and I stopped writing. And then I just happened to be at a my my washer broke. I went to the laundromat, saw a flyer for an open mic in my area, decided to go. Um a brother named Christopher KP Brown was performing. I was late, so when I walked in, this brother was standing in the middle of the floor waving around a two-by-four, doing a poem about the brother Darian Albert that had been killed um, as a case of mistaken identity, and he had been beaten by a mob with the two-by-four. And I was stunned. I was stunned. And yeah. so as, as he was performing, and he did a couple more poems about healthy eating and his family's history with you know eating bad food, like all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is poetry, 
like this isn't the moon and the stars reflecting your eyes. Like this is, you know, beat that his, the the line that he was saying when I walked in the room was beat that nigga to death <laughs> with the four by four. And I'm like, this is poetry. Yeah, I wrote, I wrote a poem that night on a napkin. Mm. I grabbed a napkin and a pen, and I wrote a poem called Her Story, which is about domestic violence. Wow. And I have performed that poem, that very poem, at shelters and events um, in many different places. So that's kind of how I got drawn to writing. And so I've always just kind of written from a place of just from my heart, from wherever my spirit is. I do, though, job one of the things, and, and we're probably going to have to have this conversation offline as well. Um, I'm a rhymer. That's just what I do. I rhyme. And I've been made to feel, and I don't want to say made to feel because we're supposed to own our feelings, right? Um, but I have felt like that was somehow not a good thing or not the best way to write. And, and, and I fell victim to that horrible thing we know we're not supposed to do, which is comparing ourselves to others. And so when I see other people write and they're not rhyming, I'm just like, and I've tried to write without rhyme. I mean, I've done it. I've got some pump, but that's my default, yo. Like for some reason, <laughs> the rhyme comes. I can be in the middle of a non-rhyming poem and go back and look in the last four lines are rhyming. So I don't know if that's something that I need to just go ahead and accept and embrace as my style or if that's something I need to work on altering or just using as one type of, you know, poetry. So that's that's one of the reasons I've always wanted to kind of do a workshop or kind of work with other poets to see, um, help me flesh that out for myself. I, I'm glad you said that. I've had this conversation with Pope because I used to always rhyme. Yeah. And then when I stopped, now I'm like, fuck, I wish I could rhyme. <laughs> I can do it when I'm freestyling, but I can't write it because I have programmed myself away from that. So I want to go reprogram back to it and have that meaning. I'm going to say it like this. All poems used to rhyme at one point. Yeah. All poems used to rhyme. It is not a, a, a defect. It's not a, it, it should never be looked on. The poets who usually look down on rhyming poems are usually slam poets. Yeah, that's true. And it's not spoken word artists because they don't give a damn if you everything rhyme. It's fine as a spoken word artist, but slam community, in in my opinion, seems to kind of. And you know what's funny? I don't slam. I never had not once. But wow. yet you're right. It's like that's who I have. I kind of so I I love slam poetry. Like mm -hmm. love it. And so I think I do, in a sense, idolize those poets um, because they do something that I just don't feel is for me or that I have in me to do. So I, I'm like, yes, like that is so dope. And so I have compared myself to that. So that, 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 yeah, that. <laughs> I'm going to say it like this. When you, when you normally write, uh, okay, I'm going to speak for me. If I'm writing a slam mm -hmm. poem, right, I'm probably writing a poem that's I'm, I'm thinking about the poem that you just did, that you were saying that the brother did with the two by four. Yeah. Instead of me having a conversation with somebody else, me and that two by four is having a conversation. You're not going to make that run yeah. because it's a conversation now. So mm -hmm. I think it's really the, the prompt that sets the mood for it. 
which is why in my classes I'm do I do basically storyline um, um, workshops because when you get into writing the stories, you don't always find the rhyme in there. It happens, yeah. but it doesn't necessarily have to be. And then it's okay. And I think it's that level of um, comfortability within your writing that makes you say, you know, I don't have to rhyme right now. And I think that's what it is because we start off as rappers, right? Most poets that we meet, we was rappers first. But yeah. I was, um, until we get to the point where it's like, okay, what's next in my writing? And then when you start to go to certain workshops, it kind of bends you in a way that you can. And then when you start doing direct statements, so slam poetry basically is trimming the fat and being real direct with you, what you're saying. Mm -hmm. You're real direct with it. Most of the times it's not going to rhyme. Because you're like, you know, you're trying to hit that line because, you know, if that line don't hit, you ain't getting that 30. That's part of once that starts to happen, it'll 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 be a thing. And you understand. I got you. Don't worry about it. We're working out. (laughs) (laughs) But that's a very good question. And I think a lot of people don't um, they don't address it. They just stay in it and they don't say much about it. But then they feel like, okay, well. I'm with this guy who, or this this woman who's won these competitions and they don't rhyme and my stuff is not balancing out with that, if you would. But it's just a matter of um, finding the reason you wrote this piece and what are you trying to say with it? Yeah. And if it rhymes, damn it, it rhymes. Yeah, and I'm trying to get to the point with myself where I think what it is, is like you said, I want the balance. I, I don't mind the rhyming. I mean, I think it's, it's what I think... Um, keeps the audience's attention for me when I'm yeah. when I'm performing. But I want to know within me that I don't have to rhyme. And sometimes I do feel like, why can't I stop? Like what is, what is wrong with your pen? Why can't it stop rhyming? Um so I did, you know, so so I dig that and I appreciate it. And yes, we will work on that. We'll work. Yeah. But I, I will say that this is a topic that I've had discussions about with a lot of poets. Um yeah. You know, and mainly non-slam poets, now that you mention it, um, you know, who who just are like, do I rhyme too much? Am I rhyming too much? Or, you know, maybe you shouldn't rhyme so much. And, and I've been told, oh, rhyming is elementary and, you know, all kinds of crap. So that, that kind of can get muddled up in everybody's head, which is kind of why I wanted to bring that up during this conversation, because I know that you do the workshops and stuff like that. So I wanted your perspective. So thank you. I appreciate no it. The, the crazy thing is, right, if we take some of the, the poets that we've grown up reading and listening to, right, and um, Fran, what up? And and they did a poem that with rhymes, everybody would be like, oh, rhyming is the thing now. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Same. So I think it's it's been people accustomed to looking at who's winning and who's getting booked for gigs and the type of stuff they're doing and trying to keep that create that balance. I pride myself in not sounding like any poet that I've had, that mm-hmm. I've competed against or my team competed against or that I even enjoy. Um, Talam AC is one of my favorites. Um, um, Hanif is one of my favorites. So my thing is, if if I sound like them, then am I being true to me or am I being that? Very true. And I'm gonna Very always true. be me and, and, and let that be that. And wherever I land with that, I'm good with that. And if it so happens that I fall back into rhyming, I'm gonna suck it up. There's gonna be a biscuit and gravy. I'm taking <laughs> all of that. <laughs> but see, y'all, see what, see what you just did for me? Um, because if this isn't full circle, because we started this conversation off talking about authenticity mm-hmm. and being who you are. Yeah. And if ramen is who I am, then damn it, ramen is who I am. 
And that that just hit me like a, a ton of bricks. Like it is what it is. And if it's not for you, then it's not for you. But it's me. See yeah. what you do? Jamal just said, and I want to say that whether the poem rhymes or doesn't rhyme doesn't matter as much as the poem just being a quality poem. That's Real it. Talk. And he has said that to me before when I've hit him up for his advice. Um, he has said that. Like, don't worry about whether or not it rhymes with me. Is it a good poem? Is it, is, it, poem? is it a good poem? So thank I tell, my, I tell my slam team, here's the thing, or anybody who asks me, are you saying what you want to say in that poem? Are you getting your point across? You get your point across when you deliver that poem. Do you remember why you wrote it and what you're trying to say within that poem, what you're trying to feel within that poem. If it gives you that, the hell with what somebody else thinks because they're not in your space. Now, if you're trying to win a slam, I mean, I don't know. But at the same time, if you don't do this poem that you love so much, the next poem you do, you might not marry it. And if you don't marry that poem, the one that you married would have been the one that might have given you what you needed yeah. to have. Absolutely. So yeah, yeah, I, I, that's a conversation that I've had, and um, I I really want to get back into rhyming. My boy, he send me beats all the time. Yo, I need you to rhyme on this shit. I'm like, dude, I don't fucking know how to rhyme no more. <laughs> I love it. We have eight, seven minutes left. Mm -hmm. so take this time to um, tell the people anything that you want to leave them with, any takeaways. If you have any merchandise or anything, anything that you want to give to them please this is your time to shine do that and um yeah okay um you know i i don't have merchandise right now like i said i've kind of just put everything on the back burner trying to get trying to live <laughs> that's that's how i see this journey is i'm i'm trying to live um but i do think that the one the one thing i would like to leave with people um is what we've been saying, not just about being authentic, but about putting self first, choosing you, however yeah. that looks. Um, I am one of those people that does for everybody around me, takes care of people around me and don't do you know, nearly enough for myself. That's something I've been working on and something that I've been trying to change. Um, I'm also an empath, so I feel things very, very deeply, which makes it hard for me to put myself first because if I think somebody else is, is suffering, I'm trying to ease that. Mm -hmm. um, but I just want to kind of put the message out there that choosing you is not a bad thing right. ever. It's, it's, it's not, and it, it's a necessary thing yes. to choose yourself, to make the decisions that are going to make your life better. Because in all honesty, even when you think you're helping other people, if you're not giving them your best you, then what are you giving them? That's you're, it. Not, you're not giving them um, the best of you, which is what you want to give people if you're trying to help them. And that is um, the same in art. And I think that's kind of why I placed the art on the back burner for a while is because I didn't feel like I was my best me. Mm. And so now that I'm starting to feel more like my best me, I want to give people that version of me. I want people to see um, the version of me that that I've built and created through all these tears and this sweat and this dedication and, and all of that. Um, the other part of that message, though, is it's not like you're going to decide today that I'm going to make this change and boom, the change is made. As we've been discussing, there is work 
like deep seated work that has to be done. And it's been over a year now. I had my surgery last September. Um, I'm still doing it. Like through this conversation, it's been evident that I'm still doing it. Um, there's still things I struggle with. There's still things that don't that I don't sit comfortably in. Um, so I, and and I'm accepting that that's a lifelong process. That's not something. It's not like I'm ever going to get to a point where I'm like, bam, here I am, happy. You know, everything's perfect. Like, nah, that's that's lifelong because it took lifelong to develop these habits and ideas and thoughts and self-sabotage and all these things. Um, so I think the the biggest message I want to give to people is um, give yourself the grace you give to others. That's it. And, and if you aren't giving, I know there are people out there who don't give others grace. And so if you don't do that, like give, give people grace, give yourself grace. This has been a very different year for mm. all of us. Like who would have ever thought that we'd be confined to our homes, wearing masks in public, afraid to touch doors, um, unable to have public gatherings and events, you know, scared to be around our own families, um, you know, not able to visit people that are sick in the hospital. Like none of us expected any of this. Um, so if you're still here, and you're, you're still maintaining and breathing and, and doing what you need to do to make it to the next day, that's enough. That's good enough. Give yourself grace and put yourself first and take care of you so that we can all hopefully take care of each other. Yeah. Take care of each other. That's, that's really what's important to me. Thank you for letting me say that. Like, yeah. see, you, you're absolutely right in that. Like, that's not something I would have ever been able to say in a normal interview. <laughs> it, I, it's, I tell people it's beautiful magic because it's not something you have to reach for. Yeah. When, when you're allowed to be who you are, you, you just become that. I'll say this. When you plant a seed, right? Seeds are hard. They might be, even if they soft, they, it's, it's a hard shell. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and the roots don't just come out easy. It's just like childbirth. The roots bust through. There's yeah. a struggle in just from a seed and then it grows the stem and then there's a bud and then the bud explodes and the flower comes out. There's work and it's not easy work. It has to bust through. And we, we, we are challenged with that every day. Every I day. It. I love that. Listen, we got less than a minute left. Thank y'all for tuning. Melissa, hold on tight. Cause I want to talk to you. I'm going to turn the camera okay. off. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining. Melissa Ellis is the name. If you cannot find her on social media, hit your boy. I got you. This was such an inspiring and amazing interview. I absolutely love it. I can't wait to watch it again so I can actually watch it. I want to say today, you are challenging you today to be better today than you was yesterday. Yes. You have everything you need to be amazing and absolute and be special and amazing on purpose. You are not, you don't have an option in that. Nobody else can be the you you are. So be that you and be amazing at it. Exactly. Yeah. Same time, same channel.